This is All India Radio. In the program Spotlight, we now bring you a discussion on protection of right to privacy and social media. The participants are Jitain Kumar Jain, cyber expert, and Momita Bakshi Chatterjee, journalist. Facebook on WhatsApp has admitted that Indian journalists and human rights activists were amongst those globally spied upon by unnamed entities using an Israeli spyware Pegasus. WhatsApp has said that it is suing NSO Group that is reportedly behind the technology that helped unnamed entity spies hack into phones of roughly 1400 users spanning across four continents that included diplomats, activists, journalists and senior government officials. However, it has not said on whose behest the phones of these users were targeted. Now we all use WhatsApp. It's a messaging platform that has close to 400 users in India. Everybody wants to know how safe is WhatsApp to use? Is it hackable despite all this talk about end-to-end encryption? You see, 100% security is always a myth. There is nothing in the cyber world which can be 100% secure. And so far as this entire claims of end-to-end encryption-based security is concerned, all of us must understand that end-to-end encryptions mean the encryption during the transit of data, when the data travels from one person to another person or from one place to another place. But at the source and destination itself, data is not encrypted. So if the source or the destination was to be compromised, in this case, if your headset or your partner's headset whom you are sending the data was compromised, then the end-to-end encryption security doesn't. Does not matter. It only matters to an extent that nobody can uh, snoop upon the data in between while the data is traveling. But once the data has traveled, when it is lying on a device at any of the side of both of the users, then it is possible to steal that data. And this is what has happened in this case, where phones of certain people across the world were compromised and their data was stolen. Should users be worried? They should be worried, not because what has happened with this, you know, WhatsApp or Pegasus controversy. Overall, we've been seeing so many instances where a lot of malicious apps are available on the Play Store. There are several games which are available, and people randomly download them without thinking, without verifying their sources or intent, and all those things. And we blatantly give permissions. And all of these applications, if the intent of the developer who has developed them was malified, they can steal entire data of your phone. They can turn your phone into a spy phone. So we should take a lesson. This is another wake-up call, a warning call that we should. Should not click on unknown links. Should not download, you know, attachments from unknown people. Should not download random apps or games on the mobile phones. We should get our phones and you know personal devices audited. So this is the lesson for everyone. However, in this particular case, because this exploit called Pegasus was delivered using WhatsApp, and WhatsApp has decided to sue them, so this entire case and controversy has become WhatsApp specific. So the data which was stolen from these users was not only you know WhatsApp. pertaining to WhatsApp, it was that. everyone for all the applications, everything what was there on the mobile phone. We'll come to the government surveillance bit of it but what is the extent of problem we are dealing with here you know is it only your calls your videos is it beyond that anything that was on that device of those users and really how many people in india have been affected so in most simple terms anything and everything on the device was gone be it your you know real time location even if it was switched on they could turn your phone into a spy phone they could take like pictures without your consent and everything and everything on the phone you could imagine was possibly accessible to them whatsapp claims that 1400 people across the globe were compromised with this and out of them they said around 14 and 15 were from india that was a statement couple of days back now there are reports coming in that maybe more government and defense personnel were also compromised and the petition whatsapp has filed that was the you know i opened for the world which whatsapp has filed against like nso group in california they i mean that petition i think raises more questions than answering certain things for example imagine a case where a particular person gives a poison to another person in a spoon and the other person dies now the spoon companies sues the poison company for the murder not the person who has given the poison which is hilarious and they seek damages here whatsapp has sued the nso group which developed a surveillance tool they are completely silent about the entities which has used that tool 
Second, they have contacted certain individuals that you may have been the target of surveillance and all those things. They are sort of creating a situation where they want to become the judge and jury of deciding whether that surveillance was lawful or unlawful. I think it is not for the US courts, it is not for the WhatsApp or Facebook to decide if at all any government was involved in the surveillance, whether it was lawful or unlawful. Because these kind of decisions has to be made according to the national law of the state, the courts of that particular nation, and it is completely the internal matter of any state, which is where I think WhatsApp is trying and Facebook is trying to create a new situation where they want to dominate, they want to decide what should happen, sort of what should be the level of privacy people should have across the world, what should be the lawful and unlawful surveillance in the other countries, and that is where my objection is. What questions did this entire episode raise on privacy of individuals and also on the role of the government and government agencies on being involved in such citizen snooping? You see, I am a pro-privacy guy, but at the same time, we have to understand there has to be an absolute balance between national security and individual privacy. Today, I think the collective privacy of the nation is superior than the individual privacy. The collective national security of a state and a country is supreme than our individual liberties. At times, we all as a society has to cede certain spaces, certain amount of our privacy to ensure that we as a collective society remain safe and sound. For example, everybody may dislike to have a camera, their moments being recorded, but we have to allow certain places like, you know, governments install CCTV cameras at the roads, at the public spaces. One may say that I don't want to be photographed, but then, you know, we have to cede that place. We have to give away that bit of privacy to ensure that no untoward incidents, no, you know, terror intent guy comes in the market and, you know, put something suspicious so that everything could be monitored and the public places remain safe. Similarly here, I think governments across the world, law enforcement agencies across the world, intelligence agencies across the world in every country are bona fide users of any surveillance technology what is available. They are not the malified users. It may be the rogue criminals if they use, you can call them malified users, but all agencies, governments in their own, you know, constitutional law within that country, according to their own national law, are the bona fide users of surveillance technology. It is their national law which defines how it should be used against when it, whom it can be used, what level of accountability is there, how it should be used, who can be targeted. And this is where I think WhatsApp, despite of figuring this out several months back, decided not to inform Indian governments or governments across the world, which also raises now a question on their intentions. You know, I was talking to a senior government functionary and they said that WhatsApp senior, I mean, top brass has had multiple rounds of discussions with the government since June and at no point of time did they choose to make these disclosures. I think now, you know, there are certain reports which are attempting to put this issue and club it with the general elections. But you have to see that from January itself of this year, I think WhatsApp has a four to five rounds of meeting with the Indian officials in context of elections and curbing fake news for, you know, encryption issues. We have had several meetings. They have been widely reported in the, you know, public domain. In those meetings, nowhere, I think, what is was reported in public domain, WhatsApp had given any hint or any, you know, information to Indian government about any such thing happening. And we should not even think that Indian government was involved because there is absolutely no proof today that people who have been targeted was targeted by Indian government just because NSO claims that they sell surveillance technology to only the governments across the world does not mean that Indian citizens were targeted by Indian government. It may be any government, maybe the government of Pakistan which was targeting Indian citizens, it may be the government of China, it may be the government of any other state or it may be, you know, some state government of some other country. We don't know and this entire issue has come into a scandalous moment because Jamal Khashoggi, a Saudi journalist who was murdered inside a you know Saudi embassy in Turkey, his friends, his, his colleagues are compromised using the same software. Now, you would also have to imagine he was a Saudi citizen living in Turkey and America. So, and the allegations are that Saudi government compromised the phones of his colleagues and him. 
So if Saudi government could compromise the phone of a person, you know, sitting somewhere in Istanbul and America, how are you so sure that it may not have happened in India? It may be some other country, some other agency, some other, you know, actor sitting some in some, you know, part of the world who may have done this. So I don't think we should, you know, jump to conclusion. Let the government of India investigate. I think our institutions have enough integrity and enough, you know, mechanism in place to do any course correction if something has gone wrong. That said, do you think privacy is a myth in digital age? Obviously, it is a myth. Privacy was dead a decade ago. The very day you bought the smartphone, privacy was dead. Everything you could imagine, what you are saying that government of India should not know where we are. But we are happy to give this data to Facebook and Google. But if the government of India says that in certain law enforcement cases where the terror, you know, situation is involved or you know any unlawful activities involved if they want to access that data about a particular suspect these people are claiming their right to privacy and i think government of india is very well uh, you know standing on that issue where they say that terrorists have no right to privacy in the world so you can't claim that you know a society's right to privacy can be equated by a terrorist right to privacy i think we have to differentiate between two Government sources are also telling us, you know, it's very strange that WhatsApp has been taking this, talking about this whole argument about end-to-end encryption. The fact that privacy is something they hold very dear to them, when in fact there are these incidents of hacking of uh, specific users. So do you find that in a way a sort of a double speak that on the one hand you're talking about encryption, on the other hand, you know, the moment the device is compromised, you know, every data of every individualist is hackable? Obviously you're right, but we also must question WhatsApp that because the personal data of 1400 individuals were stolen by certain actors and WhatsApp have decided to sue them and seek compensation. This is an attempt to ensure that they will not give any data to other law enforcement agencies across the world. At the same time, they also want to ensure that other agencies or governments across the world should not discover any other way to find some other means to access that data, to fight terrorism, to fight unlawful activities. They don't want new players to come in to the technological intelligence game because this is the future. What can users do to safeguard themselves, their devices at this point of time, given the fact that, you know, we have seen upfront what technology can do? You see, I mean, if, if one was to give general advice, I'm, uh, you know, I would say that change your passwords every now and then. Don't use same passwords. Don't download, you know, suspicious games or uh, suspicious attachments. Don't hand over your phone to unknown people. Don't sell your phones as second-hand devices in the market. If you're done using them, just break them off. But beyond that, but if, in if this, this case, particular even a missed issue, video call or, so, or missed but call, but in this particular have. case, I think it is very, very difficult for an individual to figure out if he was compromised. He would have to get his phone audited by a professional. A professional can figure out if something was wrong but for a citizen to himself you know do some sort of analysis to figure out whether he was compromised I think it is not really practical so keep updating your software yeah. your you OS know, seek professional help if you think something has gone wrong and my advice to several you know activists or you know people who have been claiming that government of India is hacking their phones I mean please approach your local police report to law enforcement agencies it will serve no purpose if you keep you know shouting empty claims and report nothing to the law enforcement it doesn't serve any purpose what can the government do to ensure that these kind of incidents don't take place. Do you think there is a need for a stronger personal data protection law, stronger rules for social media companies? I think, yes, definitely there is an immediate need of data protection law, I think, but, you know, that has been pending for a long, long time. And I think even before we cross that bridge, I think there is an immediate need to put some sort of, create a constitutional mechanism to have uh, some sort of parliamentary judicial oversight on this entire surveillance business governments and agencies does in India. So I think there is an atmosphere in India where we strongly need a judicial or a parliamentary oversight on all the surveillance framework we have.
What about the social media rules? Because the intermediary rules were to be tightened. We heard that. We've been hearing that since December. Do you think there is a need to bring more accountability to social media companies? Absolutely. These are the companies which are refusing to part with any information, even what is technically possible, even what is in their position, to fight crime, everyday crime, cyber crime, terrorist activities. I mean, we are literally sitting as ducks. We are on the mercy of these companies to get any data to fight these sort of new age crimes. I think government of India is well within their rights to put a regulatory framework in place to ensure that there is an accountability of these companies if they don't comply with Indian law. What the government is saying is that we want to know the source of the malicious messages. I mean be it for mob lynching incidents, all those malicious messages that do the rounds. They're saying it's like an envelope, right? We don't want to see what is inside in terms of the content. We want to know what is the sender's address on that. So do you think that's a justified demand by the government to a social media platform? Absolutely not. I think they should also have a right to see what is inside the envelope if there is a need. I think if there is a fit case of terrorism, if an attack would be provided by seeing a communication of a you know terror suspect, I think government of India has that right. But at the same time, to ensure that these surveillance powers, these technologies are not abused for any political gains, for any political abuses, I think we should have a very strong, strong oversight mechanism to ensure that nobody goes rogue, nothing goes wrong, and if anything goes wrong, somebody is held accountable. Thank you so much for your time. Thank you. You were listening to a discussion on protection of right to privacy and social media. The participants were Jitain Kumar Jain, cyber expert, and Momita Bakshi Chatterjee, journalist. This program was produced and presented by the News Services Division of All India Radio. This program is also available on our website, newsonair.com. You may email your opinion about this program at airnsdtalks at gmail.com. You can also follow us on the News on AIR app for quick news updates.